Hello, and welcome to Our Therapy for Nerds, a podcast where we discuss the latest shows we watch, games we play, and books we read in order to help keep our sanity in these crazy times we live in. I'm your host, Andy. And I'm your other host, Nikki. And today we're going to have a discussion about post-Return of the Jedi, Luke and Leia. Um, but first, as always, we like to start with what we're watching, what we're listening to, what we're reading, and what we're playing. So, Nikki, what have you been watching, listening to, reading, or playing lately? Um, I really haven't been reading a whole lot except for the two books we've been, we're talking about today. I wanted to finish those up. Um, as far as watching, Super Pets. Super Pets, the League of Super Pets. Um, that was probably right now the surprise of the summer as far as for us, for, us, for movies. Yeah, I was not expecting it to be that good. So we did it because our kids wanted to see it. And we haven't really done a family night like that in a little while. Uh, I think we laughed as much as the kids did in that movie. Yeah, I think so. Maybe even more. There is a lot of very subtle adult humor in that movie, um, especially the turtle. Which just made it fantastic. Yeah, the turtle was great. So that <laughs> that is a highly recommended movie uh, if you have not had a chance to see it yet. And there is a post-credit scene, which we missed all on. So yeah, make sure you set for that. Um, as far as myself, again, I've also been reading, uh, listening to actually those two books, uh, Bloodlines and Shadow of the Sith, which we're talking about today. I've also been listening to, uh, I finished those and I'm listening to... Uh, uh, the Resistance Reborn, which I, I think is worth talking about in the future because it does have a follow-up to a lot of different other stories from different novels, including Bloodlines. Uh, so I definitely think you should listen to it, and I'd be interested in your thoughts and opinions on that. All right. Uh, so going to our main topic, uh, Bloodlines and Shadows of the Sith. Uh, we chose these because they're, they take almost uh, take place almost at the same time. Relatively. Yeah. Bloodlines takes place six or seven years after Shadow of the Sith, um, even though it came out a few years ago. And Shadow of the Sith just was released recently. It, yeah, about a month ago, I think. Yeah. Um, so, and this is a good time to say we will be talking about spoilers. So yes. if uh, you haven't read those and you want to, go read them and you can come back. And listen. And listen and yeah. enjoy. Um but yeah, I was really interested in Bloodlines. I did read it a few years ago when it came out, but I hadn't, uh, I had forgotten a lot. Yeah. So I reread it. That was really, really interesting for me because first of all, I love Leia. I love her character. And I felt like it was about time that it was explored how Darth Vader being her father affected her. Like, what was she thinking? What, you know, that was, first of all, it was a huge shock. Mm -hmm. And we saw mm -hmm. that. We yeah. saw that in the original. She was shocked. But how did it mess with her? You know, how did she reconcile the fact that, that Darth Vader's her father he went back to the good side. She never got to see that. Right. As far he as the was, last she saw, he was still an evil yeah. jerk. And Yeah. And so I really wanted a story that was focused on that. And, and this had a lot. It, it had did. a lot to do with it. I mean, in fact, the cover is just really cool because, you know, it's got her um, kind of standing there with her arms folded and this ginormous shadow of yep. Darth Vader in the background, which is just, yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was this huge shadow looming over her. What's interesting, though, in, in the book is called Bloodlines, and it definitely explores that. But that's like the last third of the book when it comes down to it. The first two thirds is almost a setup for that. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, she knows at the very beginning of the book who Darth Vader is as far as relation to her. Um, the revelation that it comes out to the rest of the galaxy it happens almost two thirds of the way through the story. Um, and there is obviously significant fallout from that. Yeah, there is. Um, and then there's, it, it's not just her bloodlines. There's the theme of uh, what does that, how some people put importance on it. Yeah. Like um, the character. Lady Carice. Lady Carice. Um, she is another Senate member 
She's a... She's a lesser noble when it comes down to it. She's not a major noble. But it's very important to her. So when you meet her, you kind of blow her off a little bit because she's just, I mean, I don't know how to say it other than she seems a little ditzy. She seems like all she cares about is jewels and gowns and her standing and and the only reason that she cares about Leia is because she's a princess. Right. And, and technically more powerful as a royal than she is. And she definitely thinks they're above the common person. Yes. And she is a centrist. Uh, Leia is a populist. What does that mean? So a centrist, uh, there's two parties the centrists want a more central government, but they also want a huge military presence. Um, the populists want sort of a hands-off, um, all the worlds kind of make their own rules, um, and a small military, very little help. Um, but how that kind of plays out is that they're both kind of too extreme going in the opposite direction. It's really far left and far right when it yeah. comes down to it. It's, and it's interesting because when I think of like our far right or our far left, I'm thinking like the, the far right wants a bigger military, the far left, want, you know, so they kind of balanced it and made it like <laughs> opposites in some ways of ours. But, um, and the, you know, I don't know if it's mainly just Ransom's, uh, the senator who's kind of, he's a protagonist and antagonist in the same story. Well, I, we I, haven't really talked about Ransom yet. Right. But so he, we'll talk about him in a second, but his character kind of explains it where there is a kind of a desire for a lot of people to have an empire like structure back, not the emperor but an empire-like structure because, to them, that meant stability. So the centrists are wanting more something like that, although they don't come out and say empire. Um, Leia is acknowledging in the book that there's really not a whole lot that gets done. Um, nothing, when, when you start the book, she's just frustrated. She's frustrated with everything that's going on, and she's decided that she's going to retire and Han is not with her they are married uh, still at this point but he is like a a racer when it comes yeah, down to it he's a racer he's well known as yeah. a racer kind of like a I guess I'm, I'm thinking NASCAR that's what I was thinking yeah too. he's which cracks me up um, but she talks to him, you know, and, and we are, we, we get to see these conversations. They were some of my favorite parts of the book. I loved her conversations with Han. This author nailed it. Yeah. Like she nailed Leia. She nailed Han. It was really good. And I loved just, you know, Leia's character is just awesome. She's so much her. She's yeah. her. And so... She's very frustrated. Nothing's getting done. You know, we meet Lady... Uh, Carice. Carice. Um, another main character in the book is uh, Ransom. When when the book starts, he is very much seen as... An antagonist to her. Yeah. Her, her kind of opposite in the other party. And she's kind of rolling her eyes. She's like, oh, here he is. And he's good looking. He's a young man. He's good looking. He, he's playing the game of yeah. a young politician, and she's just, you know, she's not she's having any of it. She's mid-40s at this point, right? She's mid-40s, I believe, yeah. And um, the impression was he was, like, mid-20s. Yeah. So we meet his character, and we're thinking he's just this, like, you know, whatever guy. He's not sincere. He's not He's not in this for, for the people like Leia is. Leia is definitely, she does her job to help people. She is, um, you know, she's in public service. That's what she does. And so when she decides to retire and, you know, she tells Han and he's very hopeful that she's serious because he he has his doubts. He's like, but this is what you do. And what would you do if you weren't doing this? And she's like, I would run around with you, basically. And so we're just like, 
I'm listening to this and I'm like, yes, this is what I want for her. I want her to have a good life. I want her to go off with Han and have this wonderful adventure. And it sounds great. So she's decided she's going to announce this. And uh, something comes up to where one of the worlds says. Ryloth. Yes. Uh, some uh, This person from this world says, hey, um, remember back when things were really bad during the Empire and we were being run by the Huts, I believe it was? So, just Ryloth is the home of the Twi'leks. Um, and those are the people with those weird le- lekus, the, the, the head wrap. The, the antennas that kind of wrap around their bodies. And they're supposed to be very attractive. They're supposed to be super attractive. And if you've watched the Clone Wars or anything around that time, they were always under somebody's thumb, imprisoned and enslaved for various nefarious deals. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. So <laughs> so they're coming back and like, we've got problems. Yeah. They're saying we've got problems. And the immediate reaction is that nobody wants to do anything. Yeah. They, you know, what kind of pissed me off and also was way too true to form in modern times is people are starting to doubt that this is even true, that this is oh some God, joke. That drives me crazy. So yeah. Um, yeah. So she's just sitting there and she's like, all right, this is going to be my last public service. This is going to be my, and it's going to do some good. Yeah. One last ride. One last ride. And so she she stands up and she volunteers to go check this out. Um, so everyone's kind of getting on board. Well, all of a sudden, ra- uh, Ransom. They don't want one senator from one of the popular parties only going to do the investigation. Even though no one really supports it, they feel like they need somebody else to represent the centralist in this case. Uh, so Ransom is the one that volunteers to assist her on this. Yes. Good looking politician Ransom, who Leia has absolutely zero respect for. And she's like, well, great. This is just wonderful. I was going to enjoy this trip. It was going to be the last good deed that I did. It was going to be completely selfless. And now I have to be with this guy. Yeah. So that's kind of like the next phase of the book. But first, you get a little bit of a, a sneak peek about Ransom that oh, completely ticked yes. off Leia. I found this very, very interesting. So they decide Leia protocol is since he's the junior senator, he would go to Leia the next day to set things up. And that's just the way things worked. So Leia tells her, I don't know, office administrator, her assistant, basically, yeah. um, who was a really cool character to what was her Greer? Greer. She tells Greer, "Yeah, I'm going to, you know, buck the system a little bit, and I'm going to go see him right now because I want to catch him off guard. I want to see what he's really like." So she does. And oh boy, does she catch something it she wasn't expecting? It reminded me. This is what it reminded me of. So Andy and I, when we got married. <laughs> oh, God. Considering I know what this is about to happen, I'm tr- curious what this story is going to be. So we got married. We had a wedding. But before we had a wedding, a few months before we had a wedding, we got married in secret. Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't tell anybody. Um, and we got married in Arkansas. Um, it was a court wedding. It yeah. was it was a court, right? But we went to this this uh, judge's office, and we go inside the office. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember this? Oh yeah, Judge Ray Ray. Judge Ray Ray. Yes, that was not his name, obviously, but that's, <laughs> that's what, what we called we, him. That's what we called him for different for reasons. It was Civil War memorabilia everywhere, especially Southern yes. Confederate yes. Civil we War. Were, we were looking at a very proud Southern man. Right. And it was, it was so funny to us, but this was how many, how many years has it been since the civil war? It's been yeah. a, while. a while. It's been 150 years at least. Um, 160, I guess I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to do math in my head real quick, but the point is it was funny at the time. Yes. Um, Leia walking into, Ransom's office. Ransom's office. And there is empire. Memorabilia everywhere. Everywhere. Helmets, so, 
armor, you know, like insignias. He's a collector. Yeah. And she is extremely put off by this. She is insulted. And it just, it starts everything off really badly. Yeah. So, and we're getting kind of a bad impression of Ransom about this too. And again, that's a purpose, you know. So... They make plans. They kind of come to not, I wouldn't call it a piece, but they move past that. And uh, they meet up the next day. Um, and it's uh, it's Leia, Ransom, Greer, and the pilot Joff. is Joff Seawrider. Uh, Seawrider, yeah. Is that his name? Um, he's a young new pilot and he is, he's eager and he's ready to go. And I liked his character. So that's your ensemble for the, for the most part of the book. I think what's interesting, and I feel like the author had to have known this before going into writing the story is a little bit more background on Han and Leia. You know, like you said, there's a very loving relationship. So then the question is, why aren't they together? You know, is it only because he's a racer? If you've ever listened or read the novelization of The Force Awakens, you find out that their marriage has been very strained because of Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, ben wanted to become a pilot like his father. Han wanted him to become a pilot. Leia insisted that he train under Luke instead. And that put a major rift in their marriage. And I think the main reason she insisted is because she was scared. Yeah. If you watch the movie or read the book for Rise of the Skywalker, you find out she had that vision that if she continued training Ben, he would die. He would die or she would die. No, she's at the end of her Jedi journey, but she was scared because uh, Ben was acting weird. Yeah. And we know now he was acting weird because the emperor was in his head. head. But obviously they didn't know this. They didn't know that. So he would do things and they would just be like scared of him. Um, So she was very upset and she sent him to Luke because of that. And, And Han had 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 visions of, you know, Teaching. Basically, he would be the next Chewie. Han or Ben would be the next Chewie. <laughs> uh, Chewie would be there. Chewie actually has a family now. Uh, if you read the Aftermath yes. series, you found out why or how that happened. Um, but so, yeah. But it actually does say in this book that so Greer used to be Han's apprentice and protege. Yeah. And uh, it, it says in the book, why does Han or yeah, why does Han keep teaching young people? Leia knows it's because he always wanted to teach Ben, never got the op- never got never got the opportunity, and this is kind of you know in some small way making up for it. So I, I think that's important to understand that is part of their background before going on with this book, before understanding why things are the way they are as the you know the story continues into the Force Awakens, with you know obviously uh, Ben turning into Kylo Ren. It's because, you know, first of all, the parents weren't there. Yeah. Um, and let's not, you know, misconstrue us. We love Leia and we love Han and we think they're awesome characters. They did what they thought was best for Ben, but ultimately that caused a strain on their relationship and obviously would lead to further things in the future, mm-hmm. especially once Ben convert or turns into Kylo Ren. Yeah, it's like you just see this awful crash about to happen and there's nothing you can do but um so they go on this trip and right away they are kind of like leia shows up she's dressed casually um on the ship she's wearing like a tunic and some leggings and Ransom gets on there and he's wearing his his fancy robes and he's and that just kind of sets the tone. Um, they're just not getting along. So they get there and one of the first things they do that I found really interesting was they the the world leaders, they take them to a casino. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this was so This fun. was a great part of the book. I agree. Yeah. yeah. This was really fun because Leia is just like hamming it up. She's like, what is the game? Sabak. So Sabak and Leia's like, yeah, Han and Chewie taught me how to play this Han game. Han and Lando. Han and Lando. I'm sorry. You're right. Han and Lando taught me how to play this game. I can win. I know how to do it. And she does. She And, and Ransom's just like, this is inappropriate. 
she basically ends up cleaning out the it's kind of one of those high stakes games with lots of money on the table. She cleans them all out. Yeah, she cleans them out, but then she she uses the money to buy round. everybody drinks. Everyone gets round like around for everyone. So obviously as we're listening to this, we know what she's doing. She's she's playing the long game. She's getting and she knows something's going to come up. Ransom doesn't know what she's doing, though. So they're not working together at all. And I think it's just hilarious that she turned, you know, part of her and Han's past is she turned into a, a card player, a sabak player. Yeah. And she's really good at this game. Yeah. Even, you know, there's maybe a slight connotation later on that the, the force helps her a little bit, but she's not actively using the force to be good. She yeah. just is good. That was kind of a theme throughout this book. Um, she was... She definitely, because I think at the time we weren't sure how much of the force she had. Yeah. Um, when this book came out, of course, now we know. But she she was definitely force sensitive, and and it came up a few times. So she they finish at the casino, and she ends up she they get invited on this private tour underground. Yep. Um and. Ransom's like, no, this is inappropriate. I don't do that. And Leia's like, yeah, I'm on board. So she goes and it's, of course, like a trap. She gets kidnapped, but she knew that. And put quotations around kidnapped on that one. Yeah. Yeah. So. Basically, um, this guy running the cartel, Rin Rivendai, yeah. he wants to talk to Leia one-on-one. He's the one that is causing problems on the world. He's got, he's running, he's running a cartel and he's, um, he wants to get on Leia's good side, basically. So he. He honestly respects her. He actually admires her. Not for any reason we are, well, well we all know as viewers, but not any other reason you would expect, but he's got. This hollow vid uh, from Jabba's barge of her killing Jabba. In fact, he calls her the Hut Slayer, and he legitimately idolizes her for that. Yeah, he's like, we don't like huts because he's a Nikto, and they were one of the the uh, races that the Huts enslave. Um, yeah, and he legitimately kind of idolizes her for this. And one of the things that I really loved was the fact that he got her this wine from her home world. Alderaan. 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 And and she's like, what? I mean, it seriously throws her off guard. She's like, I thought it was all gone. I thought it was destroyed. He's like, well, I found it. And she, she drinks it. And it's just like... She legitimately thanks him for it. Yeah. She's like, thank you for this. Um, It takes her back. It's got the same taste, the same smell that she remembers. She remembers a lot in this book. She she goes back in time. She loves um, Bale, her father. And and many times during the the book, she says he was my real father. Correct. Um, She is... And this is another thing that she says in the book. She says, Luke was able to talk to Anakin. I never was. You know, I can't forgive him like Luke can. Luke was able to, you know, be able to connect with Anakin in a way that Leia never got a chance to. And so it's hard for her to think of. And I don't think she's ever reconciled that. She still hates who he is, her father. Again, she wants really nothing to do with him and definitely doesn't want anything to do with his, uh, the fact that he is her father and, you know, the, the connotation that goes with that. So yeah, she just doesn't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole. No. So, uh, she's remembering Alderaan. It's very sweet. I like, I really liked that part. Yeah. Um, and, they're getting kind of down to the the heavy stuff and and we know Leia's just she's getting her information and um probably what do you think she was going to say to him as far as before yeah. she found that out or after she found that out she was basically going to call him on his you know well call him on his bluff that he, this uh this was all set up and tried to probably set him up to be captured early on but what was interesting and you know if we're talking about river and die 
they made a, the comment that he was legitimately a, uh, you know, there are some people who take luxury because they like what it makes them look like. He actually enjoys luxury. He is, he uh, exudes, uh, you know, just that lifestyle. This is him. He wasn't trying to play a character. He is that person. So he lives this lavish lifestyle of sorts. And a lot of times you see, you know, like Lady Crease is a great example. People who use things to make them look better. No, he was this person. He lived this luxurious life, even though he's a crime lord. Um, that set, I think, a, a tone of respect between him and Leia. They're kind of two sides of a coin. They are, but she also realizes that he's doing something he shouldn't do, yes. and she's not going to go along with it. Uh, about that time, her quote-unquote rescuer Ransom. bursts through. Yeah. <laughs> Ransom rescues Leia, and it's kind of fun. It's a fun scene. He was, was he on like a little... A skimmer or speeder yeah, or something. Yeah, a speeder. And so he gets her and they're basically in a, a chase and Rin Riven dies just kind of like, what just happened? But he just, you know, he's not serious about getting her again. No. But she's using, you know, it's fun because she's using her blaster and he's, you know, piloting this thing really well. And, and they get to the end of it. First, she's mad at him. Yep. But then they're kind of laughing about it. And she's like, wow, you know, you rescued me. You put yourself at risk. And uh, you didn't have to do that. And so then she realizes that he's actually underneath all the fancy clothes, despite the Empire collection in his office. He's actually a pretty good guy. And I think that's a good point to start talking about. This is another point where the bloodline theme comes into play. He is not a rich son of a wealthy, you know, influential family. His family, this is a little bit further on, but not too much further on. This is after they get back to, after they get back home. He, we find out that he, his parents were basically enslaved by the empire. They were indentured servants at first, and then they just out and out became slaves under Vader's thumb. And Vader actually worked his parents to death, along with the majority of the, his, the people of his planet, to do uh, to build supplies for the empire. Yeah, so she finds out how much he hates Darth Vader, and of course, she's like, "Oh God," you know. Um, and he actually comes right now and out and asks her, "Did you ever deal with Darth Vader?" And she said, "I was kidnapped and tortured by yeah. him," which was a complete one hundred percent honest response. Um, she didn't tell him anything else but she did tell him that so they've really connected yeah they've connected they've bonded and you see kind of like how things could work between them and between the centrists and the populace if they continue to work together and it gives you a little bit of hope but of course this is i guess the end of act two or end of act one and now you're getting into the act two where they they've made this friendship, but of course things can't go. Things start to go wrong at this point. Right. So they've made this friendship, and Leia has found out about his background, and he grew up poor, and and he knows some things about her as well now. So, meanwhile, Lady Carice, who is obsessed with bloodlines, right. um. Leia wanted, Leia was going to be the, she was the heir to this other world. Basic, yeah. Like world governor, I think is a, yeah, I think it was like a world governor role. And I don't remember what it, what the world was called, but it was kind of an inconsequential. They weren't, they didn't have a lot of power, um, but she was next in line to be their leader, to be their princess, their leader, whatever. So Lady Carice kept mentioning it to Leia, like, hey, you need to go and do the ceremony to become their queen or whatever it was. And Leia is just not interested. She's like, I have got better things to do. And she kind of puts her off at first, but Lady Carice doesn't give up. She keeps pestering Leia about it. 
And Leia's like, hey, aren't you next in line after me? And, you know, I'm busy. Why don't you, I'm going to just resign or whatever you do. Um, and you can, you can be their, their queen, whatever. And you can go through all those ceremonies and have fun. And Lady Carice is absolutely thrilled because this means her title. She's got a title now. Um, she's gone up in rank and she is just like so excited. And we're just reading this, like wanting to throw up basically because she's just obnoxious. Um, but she goes to this world and she goes through the ceremonies and they have a, like a treasure room. Yes. Yeah. And she was assuming that this would have some great glorious, like jewels and things of high status. And it turns out that there's just like a children's box in there. Yeah, there's just like some odds and ends and there's a children's box. It's it's from Alderaan. She can tell because all Alderaan kids have this little wooden box that they put keepsakes in and then they open it when they're older. Yeah. Um, when they reach a certain age. So Lady Carice finds this and she when she opens it, she realizes it's Leia's. Yep. Um because there's like a little music player in there. There's a music player and it it's a song that has something about a moon in it. Um, and she's like, well, that's weird. Alderaan doesn't have a moon, which made me think, was this like Naboo or like, was it a reference to Leia's real mother? I don't know. Because it was supposed to be like an old Alderaanian like kids nursery ride type thing. Yeah. It just made me wonder if there was another reference, but... Regardless, um, all of a sudden, one of those little hologram things pop up and it's Leia's dad, Bail. Bail Organic. Yeah. Her adopted dad. Um, and he's like, Leia, I knew that you were going to be uh, inherited this one day. So I hid this information on this world so that you would find it. And, you know, basically he tells her, I... I hope that things are well and I hope that everything's good. And I don't know if you know this or not, but it needs to be said if you don't. And he tells her Darth Vader's her father. He used to be Anakin, Anakin a, a Jedi or a No, 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 no. He, he never says Darth Vader. He always refers to him as Anakin Skywalker, doesn't he? I feel like he said... The man who who is now Darth Vader used to be. Okay, yeah. I feel like that's the way he said it. Because um, at this point, Darth Vader, of course, is still alive and doing his evil deeds. And so he does this because he knows Leia needs to know. He hides it on this obscure world, knowing that someday Leia would be their leader. And and, and it's not even really... It's, it's only in name. It's like... Uh, you know, she wouldn't have any real power, but he knew that she would get this treasure room. Right. So uh, Lady Carice finds this and she's like, oh, my. I mean, she's flipping out. She's like, wow. And I thought this was really funny because she's got this set of this code that Leia is a fellow noble person and I can't, I took an oath not to tell secrets about her. I think that's the way she Basically, put it. yeah. The, w w secrets of the royalty does not get released to the public. And she's like try having this internal battle in her head. And we know just by some little things now that she's a little more dangerous than we first thought. Because I really just blew her off when I first met her and thought she was inconsequential. She's not. She's something's up with her. She's got plans. Um, she's got some contacts and we're kind of thinking we're not sure what she's doing, but we know she, we know it's bad. So she's trying to decide if she is going to go against her oath, which to her an oath it was only important because Leia is a princess. Yeah. So she decides that she is going to betray Leia, um, but she does it in a way that she thinks is very sneaky. And she gives the information to Ransom. 
Um, Ransom finds out and he is livid. He's absolutely livid. He's like, Leia has lied to me. I thought we were so close. She's been playing me this whole time. Um, so the next Senate meeting, he actually uh, comes out and just um, says, yeah, I'm going to do it. I, I'm going to just announce this and and lets every he plays the, the music box. Yeah. So the, the universe ends up finding out that Vader is her father. Um, she's mortified. He expected her to be, you know, smug about it. She's mortified. She's deeply hurt um, by One this. One of the things that I thought was really interesting was he was like, I he forgot how small of a woman she was because she's got such a big personality. But after this was shared, she just she just seemed small. She deflated. Yeah. Yeah. And for the rest of the story, she doesn't really ever. She gets some of that confidence level back, um, but she realizes her life is irrevocably, that's not the right word, irrevocably changed at this point. Um, No going back to what what her life was. She's a pariah. And at this point, she realizes that Ben doesn't know. Yes. And so she, that's one of the first things she does. Um, as she talks to him, which I really wanted to hear this conversation, but they didn't let us hear this. So, um, but now she's got to deal with this fact that everybody's, she thinks everybody's against her. And at first that's kind of what it seems like. Everybody's against her. Um, she finds out that she's got a couple of friends left still though, including Greer, her assistant Mm -hmm. and Sea Striker. They both are um, absolutely on her side. So this is kind of where we're at. And she, things happen, things go on. This this book is really good. There's a lot about um, Ransom um, and the other characters in this book. And there's a lot of other stories going on. But when he realizes that he's made a mistake, um... And he tries to make he tries to make it better and he tries to help her because they their one goal this book was to stop Rin Riven Die and stop this militia. Which they do. But sort of. Um they do sort of they well they destroyed the militia. Yes, but the people behind the militia did not get stopped. This was basically a uh, misdirection of sorts. Because really what this is is the rise of the First Order. It's the rise of the First Order, who Lady Carice has been working with this whole time. So, not only that, but they frame Ransom. Yes. So, and I really, really loved this part. This was at the end of the book. Um, Leia had been on another adventure. Um, That's when she destroyed the militia. Her, her and Han basically destroyed the militia. That was a great scene. That was, yeah. Han um, comes back. And he rescues her, but it did not take away from the fact of all the awesomeness she did prior to him coming well, to get her. Well, and she's the one that actually blew up the militia. On um, accident, On yeah. accident. She didn't mean to, but it was great. Um, so, but they frame Ransom, and she's like, what? And she runs over there and she uses her princess status to stop. She's lost all of her power in the Senate. So because of Darth Vader, and she was actually going to run for what they're calling first senator. Which was the chancellor role, basically. Um, yeah. But that that destroyed that. So she talks to Ransom and, she's, and he's like, yeah, um, they've got me. They framed me. And he's like, you were my friend. And this, you know, I was treating you like my enemy and I should have I, I should have known better and so and he goes off and you're thinking he's going to be executed because the planet he's going to be tried on they've made it very clear for acts of treason which this is what the thing they framed him for the death is the death penalty and, so. and this is the part that's key for me is Leia gets so angry and she said and if I had a blaster, I'd start shooting. Yeah. Possibly even innocent people because that's how angry she is. And for the first time, she realizes what 
Anakin may have been thinking before he turned dark. Yeah, her comment is, could it have been because he loves somebody that caused him to turn into who he became because of love? Did it start with doing an action because you were you loved someone and you wanted to try to make it better for them or you were afraid for them? And is that... And for the first time, she connected with him yeah. and realized what it may have been like for him. Was that what it turned him? I loved that part. It was good. You know, and again, that's it's her coming full circle in this story. Um, and it's a story of fathers. It's a story of bloodlines. Yep. Um, it's a story of your past does not define your past in your personal history does not define who you are to this day. Um, it, it molds you, um, but she is as much Anakin's daughter as she is Bail Organa's daughter. Yeah. Um, and they made it very clear that that's how she feels throughout this story. Um, oh, can I just say another thing that I saw um, on the internet? One of the things that happened in the book when she was going to run for first senator, they had this breakfast meeting the napkin bombing and it was it ended up being called the napkin bombing because when she sat down at the table there was a napkin that said run and she knew immediately get out of there and she said everybody get out of here run so i'm trying to remember who it was that i saw this are you talking about who came up with this story or why would they believe the theory the theory it's ryan johnson he helped since he did the the last jedi um, he gave input into this story. And if you look at the visual dictionary for this, for Rise of the Jedi, or I'm sorry, for The Last Jedi, you see there's a calligraphy set. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, it's in the back corner of, at the time, Ben Solo's tent right before Luke tries to kill him. Um, and you tie that fact that that's a calligraphy set. No one writes on... One of the things Leia says was, it's an honest to God write written out on this napkin nobody writes anymore no one writes anymore so so we know ben writes so there's this theory and i don't remember who who it was that did this youtube video um but he's like he has a theory that it's ben 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 is the one that warned her now we know that ben doesn't know about darth vader yet but we do know that he i don't know how connected he is to Snoke at this point. Fairly. And how much does he know? He's a grown man at this point. Correct. Yeah. So he could have somehow found out about it, written the message. I don't know if he sent someone to do it or if he did it himself, but that's the theory and I love it. Yeah. I love that theory. So what was also interesting, you know, we never, you know, I wish we had seen a little bit more for diving or dipping her toe into the force and to the, you know, the Jedi, but we, we definitely didn't, <clears throat> saw bits of it because she just would have feelings, right? But she never out and out used her like not like she did in the Last Jedi, or correct, uh, you know. And I guess that's good because that would distract a little bit. Leia is who she is because she's a force of nature. Mm-hmm. Her personality, who she is, her you know her belief system is why she's powerful, not because she's got physical or magic power. She just has this personality that is just so enjoyable. I love it. I love her personality. It was so great in this book. And it it was just like, yeah, Leia, you have done well. You have turned into this, you know, uh, wonderful human being. She makes mistakes. Yes. And she knows she does. And we know she does because she didn't do things correctly with Ben, obviously. But as parents, I mean, good Lord, how many times? You do the best you can. You do the best you can. And she was doing what she thought was best. And I just, I enjoy her so much. And I enjoyed Han, too, in this book. They're really good. Um, It was nice to see this little slice of what happened to them post-Return of the Jedi before... Their big fall, obviously, or their big breakup that would happen in the near future by very nature. We know what happens in The uh, Force Awakens. Um, What was also kind of weird for me, and I had to remember this, Han had already lost the Millennium Falcon at this point. Yeah. So he did not have the Millennium Falcon anymore. That's true. Um, And that was a little bit sad. Yeah, because he was like kind of making whatever ship he was 
he was trying to make it like the Millennium Falcon. And Leia even says, oh, the sum loves you only have once, you know. So it was pretty cute. All right, then switching gears a little bit, let's move over a little bit back in the past to Shadows of the Sith or Shadow of the Sith. Um, which is where we get to see a little bit of a follow-up to Luke and Lando this time. Um, Overall, this book, I knew going into it, was going to be depressing. Um, No matter what happened in the story, it could have been the most happy, fun story ever. You know there's two uh, irrefutable facts that had to happen. Lando has already lost his child, and he was not going to find her. Ray had already been lost to her parent or abandoned basically on Jakku and her parents were nowhere to be seen. So she was going to be an orphan and Lando was never going to get his daughter. But no matter what happened in the story, that couldn't change. So you have to kind of go in there with that, that mindset um, and just enjoy the, the, for what it is. It is a piece of history in the star Wars universe as to what happened in this case, it's almost like three stories in one. It's Lando's story, it's Ray's story, and it's Luke's story. Yeah. Um, and you know, I love Luke. Luke I know Luke is like your. He, he's just something special for me. And Luke is not an enjoyable character in this story, or he is, but he really will start to tick you off. Luke is like he's. He's going down the wrong path a bit. I'm not saying dark at all. I'm not, not dark at that. all. In fact, not exactly dark. the exact opposite. He's almost going too far the other way. And he's he's trying to follow this Jedi code. He's um, He's got Ben. Ben is a teenager in this one. And he's starting to give Ben some responsibilities teaching the youngling. Or, or I don't know if they call them younglings in this. but Padawans, yeah. Um, so... You know, we see him and he's he thinks he's kind of got everything figured out. He it, it, yeah, like I said, he's like, you know, he, he pulls the Jedi card on people's like, don't don't worry. I'm a Jedi. I got this. No, would you argue with a Jedi? I sure wouldn't. I got this. And he, that's he pulls that a lot of times. Um, and he's you know, to your point, he goes too far. His big thing is he can't attach himself to anybody or anything which automatically puts Ben at arm's length and even further oh, yeah. with, uh, with Lando. In the beginning of the story, when you see him interacting with Ben and he just, you know, he Ben calls him uncle and, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, you're not supposed to. Don't call me uncle. I'm master. I'm master. And yeah. it's like, oh, that's not what Ben needs. That is absolutely the wrong thing to do in this instance. Um he is starting to have visions of a dark, scary place and he knows something's up. And uh, what's his friend's name? The guy that he knows a lot about Jedi, but he's not a Jedi. Um, Oh gosh. It is Lore Santeca. So Lore is even kind of like, Hey, you should get Ben to help you. And, and you know, he's just like, Oh no, 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 no. And for the record, Laura Santeca is that old guy at the beginning of The Force Awakens who gets killed by Kylo Ren. Yes, it's like... He's a Jedi historian, basically. <laughs> so, Laura's making some pretty... Um, what's the word? Intuitive statements that us as the audience were like, yes, you should listen to him. And, and then Luke is like, I'm a Jedi. I got this. <laughs> And that's just kind of the theme. Um, and he goes off with uh, with Lore to this archaeological site where I guess they had heard that there was some relics there. Right. Some potential Jedi relics, which turn out to be Sith relics, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, some kyber crystals that have been, have been bled, which for those who are not aware, the red lightsaber is not a natural color of crystal. The the crystals are sentient to a degree, and when a Sith takes a normal kyber crystal, so a blue or green, yellow, what have you, they basically torture it to death with the Force, uh, the dark side of the Force, and bleed it. And it usually causes the, the dark side user physical pain as well, but the result is the blood red lightsaber, which is where that comes from. 
and they find these crystals attached to a Sith holocron uh, that have also been corrupted by the dark side same way. Yeah, I really liked this uh, this part in the in the book. It was interesting. Um, and before we go to Lando, let's talk about kind of what happens first. He when when Luke um, gets kind of he does he his vision all of a sudden becomes real. Which is perhaps the best part of the entire book. I wouldn't even say perhaps. It, it is, is the best. It is the best part of the book. So he basically, his visions physically take him to Exegol. And Exegol is the planet from uh, the Rise of the Skywalker where the Emperor is being basically reborn. Uh, it's always been a fallback planet uh, for the Emperor even before he fell in Return of the Jedi. And at this point, it's almost a myth. Nobody, it's a myth. No one knows yeah, about it. Yeah. Nobody knows if it's real. There's been possible whispers that it's real. It's hidden away. You can't find it really without knowing how to get there. Which you need a wayfinder for. Which you for. need one of the wayfinders for. And it is steeped in the dark side. In fact, there are lots of dark side phantoms, spirits, force users there. And when Luke's vision basically takes him to Exegol, he gets attacked by seven of the Sith creatures, these Sith uh, f ghosts, basically, force ghosts, but they're Sith force ghosts. Um, and he is good, but he is getting his ass kicked. Well, he can't use his own weapon on them. He can't use his lightsaber. It's, it goes right through them. Correct. So he's getting pretty much killed by these things. And lo and behold, who comes to save him? Anakin. Anakin's ghost, force ghost. So his father, as Anakin Skywalker, comes and just destroys the seven force ghosts. And it's young Anakin. It's young Anakin. Before so, he turns Anakin, which I love. So basically, what I the way in my mind I was kind of picturing this scene is like that scene from Rogue One where Vader walks in the, the corridor and just starts killing everybody. <laughs> Except this time, instead of killing good guys, he's killing the bad guys. He's just yes. destroying them. Yeah, and at first he doesn't realize it's Anakin, but then he does. And I love it. He calls him, he calls him father, which I was like, that's very formal, but okay. Exactly. <laughs> um, and that really is, before we say that's a highlight of the book, I really enjoyed the book. But that is one of the coolest parts of the book. Because that made me happy. I, that is something I didn't know I wanted to see until it happened. And then I needed it in my life. Yeah. So it was just so good. And then he so he goes back and he's on the island and Anakin's trying to talk to him. And he does a little bit. In fact, he kind of even starts to teach him something. And then he kind of flickers. So the he did take damage from the force ghosts, the Sith ghosts. Um, and that basically kind of tore away at his ability to sustain himself as a force ghost. And that's how they're explaining why Anakin has never showed up to Luke again. He basically lost his ability after fighting these ghosts. And I also got the impression that it was because of the, um, what, how did he put it? A disturbance in the force yeah. that was keeping him from it. So I would like to think that maybe after... Much, much later when the order finally falls, maybe he is able to again. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, because things would change very radically if Anakin could explain what happened and why he fell. Uh, it's compared to what Luke was doing, which was following the path that would allow that to happen again. The same reason that the Jedi fell in the first place is what Luke is doing. Right. He's basically shutting off relationships he is not communicating with people, his friends, his family. He's focused on all the wrong things. Yeah. Um, you know, because since we're talking about Luke here, I won't go too much into Lando and the other characters specifically. But Lando really needed Lucas, Luke's help in this book. And Luke helped him a little bit, but ultimately went his own path and did his own thing. And that just, you know, first of all, Lando was probably one of the best friends he had left. Um, and Lando really needed him. And, you know, Lando is hurting. He is in massive depression through this whole book because he's lost his daughter. We don't know what happened to the wife. Presumably she's dead, but don't know. She could have left him after the daughter was kidnapped for all we know. 
Um, but Lando is hurting big time, and he's tr- constantly trying to reach out to Luke, and Luke is constantly putting him at arm's length, and then goes on his own wild misadventure. Well, what the first scene when Lando finds Luke, Luke is on this island, and he's kind of just had this experience with Anakin, and he knows that there's something bad out there, and he knows something bad is happening. So Lando um, has found out from he's in this bar and he overhears some conversation and again we won't go too far into Lando's story but he understands that there's possibly Sith which they thought all the Sith were gone and the Sith are kidnapping children which is the way he's kind of hearing this or the Sith are involved some way with the kid children being kidnapped yeah and he's thinking this could have something to do with my daughter correct um which he's still looking for and he's obviously depressed Um, And this kind of gives him some energy to where he feels like the fire again and he's going to go look for and he's like, okay, but there's Sith possibly involved. Who do I need? I need a Jedi. So he finds Luke and uh, Lore, is that his name? Lore Senteca. Tells tells him where Luke is and he goes and, and Luke's like, Lando's like, Luke, you know, he's being his old charming Lando self, holds his arms out. And Luke's like, Lando, good to see you, but I am busy right now. You get, you got to leave. And turns around. Yeah. And I was like, what just happened? <laughs> and that really, I mean, that I think sets the tone of who Luke is. Again, I love Luke. I love the character of Luke. But he has taken those teachings, presumably, and taken them way too much to heart. Yeah. And, you know... Then you have to kind of compare this to what we know is going to happen later on. I was pissed, and Nikki can attest to this, how Luke's character was treated in The Last Jedi. I just, that was the one thing I really hated about that movie originally. Uh, I do thus love it now. But you see why he turned into who he turns into through some of these backstories. And this is a very good example of why Luke crashed and burned so hard it's because he was following these teachings it's kind of like you know in the end he's like i did everything you told me to do i followed the teachings to the letter i was the perfect example of a jedi and it failed me yeah you failed me the universe failed me and that's why he is this great cranky old hermit in the last jedi this book does a great job of explaining that fall himself it really does. It shows what's happening again. It's a it's a crash about ready to happen, and you know it's about ready to happen. And that's part of the depression. You, it is uh, for it's, me. It's you know that's going to happen. I, I did not enjoy this book as much as I did Bloodlines. Bloodlines was a joy to read. There was hope still for her. Yeah. For him, there's ultimate failure. He's ultimately going to try to kill Ben, or thinks he might. For an instant. For an instant. I think the way that they have it is that he thinks of it for an instant, regrets it, but it's too late. It's too late. Ben wakes up and he sees it. Then Ben and the the Knights of Ren end up killing the entire Jedi Order, and Luke is left shattered. I mean, because he pinned all of his hopes, all of his dreams and aspirations on becoming the great Jedi that the books told him to become, and that is not what should have happened. He closed himself out. He'd never asked for help. And that's why, again, why he disappeared as a hermit. He never asked for help. And I also think it kind of brings it around when in Rise of the Skywalker, um, when Lando is talking to Finn and uh, Poe. Yes. And I can't remember which one of them said, how did you guys do this? How did you win? It was Poe who asked him that. And, and uh, he says, Lando says, because we had each other. And that's something that was not happening at this moment. Everybody was doing their own separate thing. Han and Leia were away separately, probably. Um, Lando was doing his, he was looking for his daughter. I guess they tried to help him for a while, but then it just was like, well, nothing's happening. Good luck. Hope you find her. We'll see you later. Yeah. Keep in touch. Yeah. Um, Luke is obsessed with this Jedi stuff. You know, and instead of helping Ben come to terms with what's going on and, and making him 
understand it better and not be scared, he's closing himself off from Ben and saying, you shouldn't feel emotion. And Ben is getting all this stuff from the emperor, meanwhile. Yep. And he needs somebody to tell him everything is okay. And it's, and he's not. He wants a hug and no one will give it to him. Just hug him, Luke. Just give Ben a hug. (laughs) You know, in the end, Lando and Luke do kind of reconcile. You know, Luke's like, I should not have done what I did. I should have kept you at arm's, you know, I should not have kept you at arm's length. Um, I'm going to be different from this point on. But Luke is ultimately the reason why Ray ends up being uh, abandoned uh, because her parents are ended up murdered uh, by one of the other, the main antagonists of the story, Ochi. Um, and that's a, the character that uh, if you've only ever seen the movies, that's, they find his ship on that uh, one uh, festival planet uh, where they fall into the pit with the, 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 big the snake. snake. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was this book did a lot to fill in some blanks. Like you realized how things happened the way they did, and just little things like that. Um, so it did a good job filling in the blanks. But you're right; it was kind of depressing because ultimately you had it in that way. And um, unfortunately, this is what I think aggravated you. You said the way they ended up framing the end so that it happened the way it had to happen. You were not a fan of. You know, as a yeah. parent, as a mother. Okay, so you know they all they gave Ray to Puck. No, uh, Umkar Plunk. Plunk, sorry, yeah. I never get the side characters in Star Wars right. I am so sorry, but <laughs> anyway, so the way that they did it, they're trying to keep her safe, and they were like, "Hey, let's give her to him." And yeah, it wasn't supposed to be permanent, Permanent, but no, why would you do that? You know, I was just thinking about our kids when they were six years old. I don't care how old they are. There is no way I would just hand my child over to this guy. And the, the thing is, Luke could have stopped all of that. Now, obviously, he couldn't because of the story, but if we're going to talk about what Luke was, the ideal of a Jedi, he should have saved Rey. But there, and there's the big but there. If he did not recognize that Snoke was Palpatine slash Palpatine was in Ben's head and he had taken Rey to the temple and the Emperor was ultimately looking for Rey, chances are Rey would have been given over to the Emperor uh, at a young age and he would have finished what he wanted to do by creating a new vessel for him to take over. But I don't know, because what did we say that Ben needs? He needs a hug. So Ray could have shown up and been, they could have been best friends. Could have been, yeah. And in future lovers. <laughs> That's up in the air. I mean, um, she would have been a little bit too young for that. Yeah, so. that would have been gross at that moment. Um, but maybe they're, they would have bonded, become friends, and it would have steered him back to the light because let's think about it he was at war with himself the whole time yeah so if he had something to bring him back to the light like ray um and you know ray would have maybe wouldn't have been as susceptible she maybe had a a happier childhood it seemed like she did have a happy childhood up until that point yeah she was six years old like you said in the beginning um Possibly her parents would have been okay still. Maybe. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's it's one of those things that there might have not been a story had that happened. So this they, is they true. had yeah. to do something. They had to do something. I just thought that was stupid. I did they did they have orphanages back then? Because <laughs> that would have been more ideal. <laughs> or I guess not back then. In the future, in a galaxy far, far away, did they have? <laughs> Well, no, it's, it's a long time ago to be in the galaxy far, far away. Oh, that's away. right. It looks like it's the future. future. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's really a long time ago. <laughs> um, so ultimately, this is the sampling that we get of Luke and Leia in these books. And we, I think we both deeply enjoy them, um, maybe differently. But I'm really, really happy with what they did with Leia. And... 
unfortunately, Luke, bless his heart, he's doing his, he's trying, he's trying, but we're just not real thrilled. He's, he's thinking that he's for the big important things and the saving the family wasn't worth, I mean, he wanted to save the family, but he was focused on, if you read the book, the mask and the, and the, uh, the dark side happening. Um, so yeah. But I still like Luke. Oh, um, we love Luke. We love Luke. He just, you know, he didn't. Uh, he didn't do he right. He didn't have anybody to guide him. No. So. It will be interesting to see if there's any more books. There's obviously, pro- you know, we know what happens with Luke, sort of. We don't know what happened to him right before uh, the temple was burned and then right after, obviously. Um, I'd be interested to know that story. And I'd like to know what happened shortly after uh, bloodlines, but before uh, the Rebellion Reborn. Because again, Rebellion Reborn follows through with a number of storylines from Bloodlines. Um, I would like to know who wrote the note on the napkin. Was it Ben? Will we ever find this out? Because that's kind of weird that we don't know. It's kind of weird that they never told us, which makes me think it was somebody important. Right. So. So, yeah, that'd be pretty cool to find out. Another final thing about He's hunting for relics this whole time. He's destroying the Sith stuff. And then, of course, he's got the the Jedi stuff. He's gotten his temple and stuff. I just think it's pretty funny that he and Yoda, bas- Yoda basically sets it all on fire. Yeah. Well, that's, the, that's yeah, the old Jedi text and all that. Well, not, yeah. no, Ray stole a bunch of it. She did. So I guess she got the good stuff out. She got the good but stuff. But he's like, but it's the relics. And Yoda's like, yeah, let it burn. <laughs> <laughs> Some people just want to watch the world burn, Nikki. So, all right. Well, that, like I said, that's our thoughts on uh, Luke and Leia uh, this era. Uh, any final thoughts? No, I just, I'm glad that they filled in some blanks. Um, I, I I really thought that Bloodlines was more emotional for me. It was a really good book, a really good journey that she was on. Some bad stuff happened, but it did end in hope because she kind of brings the resistance together. Correct. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm not sure where our next topic will be, but uh, we'll, we'll come back soon with a, another great either Marvel or Star Wars story. Or something else. Yeah, maybe something else will come up in the meantime. All right. Until then, thank you very, thank you very much for uh, listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.